0: Good morning, everyone. It is good to see all of you again. Um, the extra light was kind of really blinding me, so um, now that we're mostly here, we will just trust that everyone will navigate themselves safely. It is good to be back. Uh, most of those of you who attend regularly know that I took a couple of unscheduled weeks off. And, um, you know, we're going to talk today about what living the truth that we know Requires of us, and sometimes living the truth that we know requires that we admit that we, in our human self, are really not superwoman or even superman. However, um, there is that within us that we can touch with and and to restore. And and I just want to thank Sue, Sue uh, Nias and Susan Smith. For covering for me the past two weeks and all of our leadership people for just, for just saying yes and understanding. It's always good to have friends who understand when you need them to understand. So we are going to begin as we always do with our affirmation. And again, just a little because we're talking a bit about Unity Basics this month and really what is Unity. And I'm actually going to be kind of continuing with a a bit more of an in-depth look at some of the basics as we continue on in February here. And just because things are basic does not mean that they're not powerful. The most basic things that we practice are the things that don't require us to stay up all night figuring them out if they require you to really get in there and try and figure out what's going on, that's good in its place, but hopefully you're doing that from a grounding of the basics. And affirmations and denials are probably the most basic tool that we use in unity. When we talk about affirmations, what we are talking about are not magic spells... We're not talking about incantations that we say over and over and over so that we can hope we can convince ourselves that maybe it might possibly come true someday. What we are talking about when we talk about affirmations is that we are centering ourselves into the truth that we know and that from that space of awareness, even if it's an awareness that's kind of through gritted teeth and clenching your fists because you know you need to do it but you don't really necessarily feel that way, we do the work and what an affirmation is is a statement of truth. It's already true. It's not something that we have to earn. It's not something that we have to figure out. It's not something that, again, we have to hope maybe someday might maybe happen. It's a statement of truth, the truth that already is. And so when we come to our affirmations from that very human standpoint of maybe things aren't going the way that we want them to go, that very human standpoint of maybe not feeling so strong or not feeling so positive or powerful or wise or any of that stuff, our human self is nonetheless the part of the brain that we need to bring into service of the higher self that we already are. Within each and every one of us is what we in Unity call the Christ, Christ Consciousness. And if you're new in Unity, we do not believe that Christ was Jesus' last name. It was a title that was given to him as an honoring to someone who just like us lived a very human life, but who learned how to live it from the highest potential of that Christed beingness within. We sometimes call it the spark of the divine within each one of us. But, you know, I'd like us to stop thinking of it as a spark. You know, sparks come and go and they flash and they're here for a moment and they're gone. How about if we actually thought of that as the flame of goodness that we are, that is always, always glowing brightly, that is always available to us, So an affirmation is a statement of truth, already true, that we say and we take into ourselves to allow our humanness to kind of go, oh yeah, that's right, I need to stop struggling so much. And this statement that we use is actually also a good example of what we call a denial. And a denial is not something, again, just like an affirmation is not us pretending something is true when it's not. A denial is not us pretending that everything's happy chirpy when it's not. A denial is a releasing of that which does not serve us. Sometimes we just have to stand still, take a breath, realize that what has gone before has served its purpose And we need to release whatever it is that's holding us back. Whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's thoughts of self-judgment, whether it's just that inner critic. Um, Who's got a really happy, healthy, active inner critic? I sure do. I sure do. My inner critic can come out to play over things that have no importance whatsoever. And it is just always at the ready to tell me how I didn 't do it right, should have done it better, or maybe I even ought to shut up listening to the inner critic and just be all spiritual like you claim you are. <laughs> so there's a point at which, again, we need to pause, we need to breathe, and we need to allow ourselves to take in and to speak words, true words with our sacred breath. Words have power. Again, for, uh, in the context of our unity basics, many of you have heard reference to our 12 powers, one of, the, one of the teachings that is quite prevalent in unity. One of those 12 powers is power, the power of power. And that always sounds a little bit weird, but we can think of it as the power of dominion, For those of you who are biblically inclined, you remember that in the book of Genesis in the creation story that man was given dominion over the things of the earth. And the way that we interpret that, looking at the Bible and those stories as stories that help us navigate our lives, not as literal word of God things, not as history, but as stories which are helpful, is to remember that we do have power over what we think. We have absolute power over what we allow to inhabit in our thoughts. And we know that what we allow to inhabit in our thoughts creates the feelings that determine our everyday experience of life. Charles Fillmore, Unity co-founder, placed each of those powers at different points in the body. He placed our power of power in our throat at the root of our tongue. Part of this is because words have power. This is a universe of vibration. And when we speak words, we are setting into action vibrations that change things. The world is different once we speak our word. The other reason which... Charles Fillmore, I didn't, I've never found any place where he references this, but why I appreciate that the point of power we're given is at our throat, at the base of our tongue. And it's not just because I talk a lot, which I do, but if you think about the location of the throat and the words that we speak being halfway between the head and the intellect and what? The heart with our feeling. And so if we remember to bring together our words, our thinking nature, and our feeling, our emotions, how we actually feel right here, right now, when we bring those two together in alignment and we speak words from that point of truth, this is the way that we transform consciousness. So with all of that, I'm going to invite each of you to really, really allow yourself to align your heart and your mind in the desire, which is another one of our faculties, the faculty of love, the desire to bring forth and experience good in your life. And one of the best everyday practices to do that are through denials and affirmations. We release what no longer concerns us, we release what no longer is serving us, and we affirm that which will indeed increase our power. Speak with me if you will. Releasing the things that are behind, I realize I am strong, positive, powerful, wise, loving, fearless, free spirit. I am the infinite expressing at the point I am. I am peace in the midst of all matters. And so it is. Next slide, please, Ernie. Oh, I guess next one. Uh, we are finishing up today what has been a five-week journey through the basically the five unity principles. It can be... A challenge, even for people who have been in unity for decades, maybe even your whole life, to really come down to a few sentences when people say, so what that church you go to, what do you guys believe anyway? How many of you have kind of sat there and gone, well, they're all really nice. We, we have a lot of snacks after church. Um, Building's real colorful and pretty, but when it comes to really how do we distill down the real essence of unity's theology, sometimes that's a little more evasive. Elusive is the proper word there. So as I did not find out until I was stared at in the face by by one of our uh, by one of our metaphys- metaphysics teachers back at the village, becoming a uni- uh, Unity teacher, um, I could not answer the question. So let's say you're in line at the airport, and somebody sees you've got a Unity book bag, and they ask you, "What are you doing?" As has happened to one of my classmates, she was coming in. Uh, this was this was uh, kind of in that heightened time, post 9/11. When even, even Canadians were sometimes questioned what they were doing crossing the border, the border. And she was actually asked, and she said, well, I'm going to my church headquarters to learn to be a teacher. Oh, what is your church? Unity. I've never heard of that. What is this? And this was being asked of her by the customs person. And she kind of (laughs) struggled. And he finally allowed us how well it didn't sound like it was harmful to anybody. Um, So, so how do we answer that quickly? And so here are really distilled down, and I never learned this little, you know, this little mnemonic thing until that point in my training. And I found out that some unity, this was apparently something somebody put together back in the 50s or 60s. And, um, and it had kind of gone out of favor. I don't know why it would go out of favor because it's so easy to remember. So we remember oompa. Everybody can remember oompa, O-O-M-P-A. Our first principle is that there is only one power, one presence in the universe. We do not believe in an oppositional thing such as the devil. Charles Fillmore calls our adverse ego what the devil really is. Inner critics sound familiar? So... It's really only one power, one presence. There is only that. We also believe that as expressions of that, or if you wish again to consider it biblically, as, as those who were created in the image and likeness of, if that which we are created in the image and likeness of is good, how could we possibly be born with sin as part of what we are? It does not make sense. It makes no more sense than saying that an apple tree is going to sprout prickly pear fruit. It is not going to happen. Apple trees have apples. Orange trees have oranges. And humans are good. If that one power, that one presence of which we are is good, and in fact, one of our names for God is good without opposite then that must also be true of us. So we are at our core good. doesn't mean everything we do is the most enlightened thing we could do. But it means that at core we are not bad. At core we are good. And mind action, we we teach and we believe and we practice that our activity of mind determines our experiences in life. Now notice I said experiences of life, not circumstances, not situations. You could be holding nothing but good thoughts, step off the curb at the wrong time, and somebody could come whizzing down and run you down. That does not mean that while you're there banged up in the hospital, you start going, well, what was I holding in mind that caused that to happen? What were the thoughts I was thinking that made that bus run me over? No, no, no. If you become ill, if you get an illness, if you have a diagnosis, if you lose your job, if your house is foreclosed, if your dog runs away and dies, it is not because you were holding bad thoughts, thinking those things into creation. Now there are certain things that if you're holding, you know, if you are holding reckless thoughts in mind, probably you're gonna take reckless actions, aren't you? And, and if, you know, if you are not doing your job at work, you may get talked to. And no matter how good your thoughts are, if you're not gonna do your job right, your boss is probably gonna stop paying you. But that's because your actions That's because the thoughts you were holding in mind determined the actions that you took and that created then a sense of victimhood probably that, well, this is the third job I've gotten fired from in three months. Well, maybe it's time for you to look at that. Maybe it is time for you to look at that. One of the things that, um, you know, there are a few things that we can look at here. You know, most all of us know someone or maybe even us who, who actually got divorced, lost a job, had an illness, whatever, that when they came through it onto the other side, they actually said it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Certainly in my own life, I walked in one night. I was living here many, many years ago. I walked into my job one night and found out we were being closed down and everybody was out of a job. They had some options for us to take, but none of them were especially appealing to me. And so I ended up moving to um, California, to the Bay Area, and it was a big, shocking experience in my lifetime. I will not say it was a bunch of fun, but it put me in proximity with the one I've been married to for over 40 years now. I don't think we probably wouldn't have met hanging out in Tucson. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to say there might not have been somebody else in Tucson, but in the frame of mind I was in then, I needed something different. And it also doesn't mean that there's a puppet master God up there pulling strings, but it means mind through the law of mind action, we get to choose what we focus on, we get to choose how we respond to things, we get to choose what we seek out in life, we have that power again. And then prayer and meditation are the tools that we use to live our lives more optimally. It is in prayer and in meditation that we align ourselves with the truth that is within us and with the truth that we know and with the truth that we aspire to embody. So there, and basically unity has really, I've heard this mentioned before and I would agree, we really have four basic principles and an action step. And the A is action. We have to actually live the truth. That we know. It's not good enough to just rattle off all this stuff. You know, if, if I were closer to having been tested, I could rattle off all 12 powers and where they are in the body and, you know, what they re- relate to and what color they are in Fillmore's little chart and I could do all of that. Right now, no way. If I need to know the 12 powers, I have a list right here that is here every single Sunday. So it's there. We learn them, but we don't have to necessarily rattle on and talk on and on about them. But we have to live them. If I know that my point of power is located in my throat, I am responsible for living a life and speaking words that reflects that knowledge. I am responsible to think about the words I speak before I speak them. I am responsible to speak true words. Now again, inner critic is over here going, yeah, 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 yeah. What about that time, blah, 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 As much as I can in any given moment. Do I ever get angry and rant? Ask my husband. <laughs> of course I do. The difference, however, I hope... And I hope that even if you asked him that you would get the same answer. The difference is, I think that now when I begin those rants, I catch myself sooner and I stop. And even if I have to start again in five minutes, because it's like, you know, sometimes you just, you've got that good rant built up into you, and somehow you just, you have to let it go and you have to get it out. Um, you know, okay, but then I'll stop again as best we can as best we can we need to live the truth that we know now all those of you who have been here before talking about this topic know that one of the things that i remind everyone is just so your little inner critic doesn't go oh wow here's a whole bunch of stuff here's a whole bunch of stuff i have to measure up to now i got to remember 12 powers i got to do affirmations i got to do this i got to do that we are setting ourselves up to just absolutely end up in a heap in the floor feeling completely incompetent if we think that we have to embody and act out every piece of truth that there is the principle is usually stated that it is not enough to know these things we have to also live the truth that we know so you're not responsible for living every bit of truth there is in every moment of your life What you're responsible for is living the truth that you know. And if you know that you are about to lit into someone because they they loaded the dishwasher in that way that is not the way you do it. And now if we're honest in here, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hands. Because if we were honest in here, probably everybody who lives in proximity with another person could raise their hand that at some point they either said or wanted to say, it's a dishwasher for goodness sake. Our daughter-in-law at Christmas time, they were here from London, and she actually at one point after the, she cooked the big Christmas dinner, and at some point after dinner she said, well, I would start loading the dishwasher, but I don't really want to do it if somebody's just going to come along behind me and redo it. And I just said, you know what? John normally does the dishwasher. He's not doing it tonight. I certainly don't care. Go for it. (laughs) So sometimes it seems like even just living the truth we know around allowing someone to give us the gift of loading a dishwasher seems really far away. And so we don't beat ourselves up at that point. We remember, hopefully, at that point, you know, what is the truth that I know in this before I open my mouth? Maybe even after I go, ah... And maybe I stop and I say, what is the truth I know about this? And the truth I know about this is there is only good in this universe. And this human next to me is another expression of good without opposite. They have offered me a gift. And why would I criticize how they choose to offer that gift? And so perhaps living the truth we know simply means saying thank you and allowing them to do things how they think it needs to be done. Living the truth that we know, for me, boils down to one thing, and that is, am I living an authentic life in integrity with my own core values? And that, to me, is really what the whole spiritual path is about teaching us. Am I living an authentic life in alignment with Being in integrity with the core values that are most important to me. And we each get to choose our core values. We each get to choose. It's an interesting practice to go through at some point. And you can just Google on the internet core values and you'll get lists of like 500 different things. You know, being peaceful, being practical, loving, responsible, truthful... All sorts of stuff. As a community, we have, we have discerned our core values and the, the artwork in this room reflects that. And, and so our core values as a community are reflected here, showing that things like education, acceptance, service, peace, and creativity are important to this community. I have my own core values. And being authentic means that as much as I am able living the truth that I know helps me by knowing truth to live in alignment with my own core values. Integrity is huge for me. Integrity is is right right up there for me. And is it annoying sometimes? Yes. And is it necessary? For me, it is. I remember one time being given a talk by a boss. I was called in for a counseling session. And you know it's never a good thing when you're called up to Phoenix from Tucson um, by your boss for a counseling session. And they opened up the conversation with the, thought, with the statement that it appeared to them that I did not really understand the use of situational ethics. And I sat there for a minute... And I said, you're right. I never heard of situational ethics. And he then proceeded to tell me what situational ethics were. And so I allowed as how at that point I was glad to know that that was one of the things that was important to them. Uh, but it would probably be hard for me. And so, you know, he, he was sure I would try and all that. And basically I came home and wrote my letter of resignation. I can't live with situational ethics. It does not mean that I always measure up to what my highest ethical aspiration is, but as much as I am able, and I certainly will not agree in advance to practice situational ethics depending upon the situation and the circumstance and how much money the person who is sitting in front of me happens to have or is willing to sign on the dotted line for. That just doesn't work for me. So part of that action step is living authentically. And that is where I think that we have to learn to come back day after day, moment to moment to moment, and ask ourselves the question, what is it that I really believe? What is it that is most important to me? And how do my spiritual tools help me to live in alignment with that to an ever-expanding degree. So in each of your minds, there is something that is primary. For some of you, it's peace. And peace is way up on mine as well. There are principles and practices that we can do that will help us to be able to better live up to our aspirations. There are practices that will help us to release more effectively the voice of that inner critic. And sometimes releasing the voice of the inner critic just means having self-compassion and saying, you know what, for right now, I just can't listen to this. For right now, I just can't hear it anymore I'll take notes So I actually keep a pad of paper by where I meditate and if I have something in my head that's going and going and going one of the ways I calm that down very practical is that I actually keep a pad of paper and if if my inner critic is saying you know you're going to forget to blah 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 you know that needs to happen you know that that's keeping me from the calm peace of my soul I will actually write it down And say, okay, thank you for the reminder. I understand it's important. And right now, we're going to be quiet. So we are going to be quiet right now. I'm going to invite each and every one of you, as you just ponder for a moment, to think, what is it that's most important to me? And the main primary tool that we use is prayer and meditation. So we're going to have a song to begin with. Unity has a very specific prayer practice. And if you're not doing this, it doesn't mean you're praying wrong. So don't be going, oh, another thing. do I have to memorize stuff before I can pray? No, you do not. But there is a process that is very helpful. And it begins with simple relaxation. So if you're feeling tense, feel free to jiggle in your seats, get yourselves comfortable. One of the things that is very relaxing for me which is why we do it. And it may be relaxing for you, and if it's not, I apologize. But when you finish school and you're up here, then you don't have to do it. One of the things that is most relaxing for me is music. And so as we hear this music, allow the words to support your relaxation. And as we relax, we're also beginning a process, step number two, of concentration. Unity co-founder Myrtle Fillmore called it putting our thoughts into the Godward direction. So we just relax in body, allow our mind to relax, allow the music to support that process both of relaxation and of beginning to concentrate your thoughts in the direction of the highest good that you know. A relaxed state of gentle concentration and focus. This isn't a gritting your eyes and teeth kind of concentration. This is a focus allowing you to choose. What is it that I choose to give power? What is it that I choose to express? I release the outer expectations. I release the chatter. And I simply focus on the truth that I know. And the truth that I know in this moment is that peace and the light of understanding and love are within me, already Present. I may have forgotten that I may have thought that peace would come to me when everything in the outer world was how I think it ought to be but that's not true things in the outer will always shift they will always change but when I look within there is a calm center of peace that is part of my true nature. The light of understanding is also within. I may have thought that I need to go here and go there and ask this one and read that and do the other thing, but the truth is wisdom And understanding are already within me. And certainly I ask questions. I seek guidance as it is appropriate. But I know that wisdom and understanding are already present and love. One of the attributes given to us of that one presence, one power is love. God is love. And so again, this is not something that we have to seek from outside. It is something that we nurture from within. And as we allow the light, the peace, the love that we are, To be our focal point. They grow stronger and stronger. And as we focus upon them more and more. We begin to see. Things in the outer through a lens of peace. Light and love. Even when outer circumstances may not seem terribly peaceful or loving. We. We are the ones who can bring that forth. We've relaxed. We've focused. And so we come to a point of simple meditation and stillness. And if you've never meditated before, You just need to sit there. And if you find your thoughts focusing on something other than peace, light, or love, just bring it back. And so in this time of stillness, we allow silence to hear that still, small voice within As we share this space of stillness together, we each reinforce truth in one another. We realize that even if our thoughts seem chaotic, that there are others in the room holding a space of peace for us to find. If our thoughts in this moment Seemed contradictory to our highest and best. There are others within this room praying with us who see us as the good we are. We're able then to move into a realization of good that despite what may be going on in the outer, despite what may even be going on within our own human thoughts, there is always, always, always a space of good, a space of peace, light, and love. And for that, we give thanks. Our last step, appreciation. And how could we not be thankful to realize that this peace is always within, that the light of truth is always shining brightly, that we have choice of how we choose to respond, that we have the power to bring forth our thinking and feeling natures, to align with what we know is best for all concerned. And we just feel gratitude. Gratitude for all that is and all that will ever be, all that was. And remember that even the hard lessons still taught us something. with gratitude, with appreciation. We honor this Christed awareness within ourselves, within each other, within all of the master teachers who have walked this path ahead of us. And we realize that we are the ones who are walking the path ahead of those who will follow. And so we walk authentically. We remember what is true, And we live that truth as best we can. We know these things to be true, and so it is. Amen. Simply allowing yourself to have a time of stillness every day when you focus simply on good. And that can be really hard when you're in the midst of something that you would label as anything but good. It can be a real challenge to say yes and. Yes, there's all of this going on. Yes, there's all of the chaos there. Yes, there seems to be division and controversy and everything unlike peace going on. And I have dominion over the things of the earth. I have dominion over my thoughts. I have dominion. I have power. To join what I know to be true with the feeling of love in my heart. And I have the power to live my life in that space of peace, light, love, and good. And that is why we learn the principles. We don't learn those principles just so we can spout them off. We learn them so that we can put them into practice. We learn them because we know that as we put things into practice, that those around us will see us doing that. And it doesn't matter if they ever want to come to church with you. It doesn't matter if they ever think you load the dishwasher better than they do. But what it means is that they can begin to see that there are people who live as though authenticity and integrity matters. There are people on the planet who are willing to join in consciousness for the good of all. There are people who are willing to see us in our highest and best when we can't see that for ourselves. So thank you all for being here. Thank you all for being present. Thank you for your willingness. And we'll be continuing more with how these basics, while not difficult... They're also not terribly easy to put into practice. But as we practice, and the next time that your inner critic goes, well, you sure didn't do that one very good. You sat down to meditate and you just thought about laundry and groceries the whole time. You can just sit there and breathe and smile and tell your inner critic, this is why we call it practice. I'm practicing And on some level, the message will start
1: to go through. Thank you all for getting wet today and showing up. (laughs)